a lot of us are aware. Uh, I guess we don't have to do much of a rundown of what's been occurring in not only the United States, but uh, across the globe right now in terms of um, widespread panic. All right. So I'm going to get right to it. I know I, I didn't do a, a segment last strong. And uh, for those who've been reaching out, they kind of know I've been MIA for a little bit. Uh, just had some things that I needed to um, take care of that I'm still taking care of. Right. So let's get into what needs to happen. I'm going to get right into it. So we have we have two two things we need to be focused on. And forgive me if I do, but I'm going to really make attempts to be as mature as possible in this segment because there is a part of me that wants to, like, focus on, I told you so. I t- didn't I tell you? <laughs> There's a part of me that wants to do that, but I know that that's not necessarily... Um, that's not that's not productive right now. So I'll get you later. I got a good memory. I have very good memory. So I will tell you. I told you so later. Um, but I would definitely say um, one of the first things that some of you could do because a lot of people have been reaching out, like, "What should we do, Chief? What should we do?" And it's like um, I can't speak for other men, but I know for myself as a man, I I hate repeating myself. Like, I, ooh, I don't like to have to repeat myself. So I would just say if you if you listen to it, there was like a one-minute clip that I provided. Um, <laughs> sometimes people need I told you so moments. Well, then y'all tell them. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do it yet. Because, you know, people are, are, are panicking. And, you know, you got to address that. And for where I am, as a chief, there's certain things that, I have to do and I'm not allowed to do because what's in my heart right now is like, like, like really like F them. I told them they don't listen. They, they're so defiant. You know, they want to argue everything and debate everything. F them, you know, but, um, the most high didn't call me to be that, that person, you know, or to follow after the feelings of my own heart, which can be really cold, honestly. So I would say Definitely, though, go back to uh, there was a clip I had did. It's either on IG, Facebook, it's around here. Where I, I did the reading for 2019, the fiscal, the fiscal reading, and um, one of the things I said was hard commodities. I said we're coming into a year where things are going to crash. It's only like a one minute clip, and I said, you know, you need to invest in hard commodities. So, I, and then I did a segment right after that clip to explain more what that meant because so many people had reached out and were like, what's a hard commodity? Um, so I had, I had said at that time, food, you need to invest in food. You need to have a food store. Um, you also need to invest in, um, and, and gold, you know, uh, you have hard asset, you have paper asset, a paper asset, uh, peace slogan would be like a, um, a stock. You know, like I have a start a stock or 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 um, a REIT fund, you know, something like something that's that's primarily, you know, you invest in it, and you know, by name, and then you have you have hard investments. A hard investment would be like a can of corn, <laughs> you know, or some beans or some bullets, right? So I kind of explained that. So I would say go back, check that out, and then 
when the flooding happened in the Midwest, I urged you guys again. And I said, you know, we're coming towards a crash and the food stores have been wiped. You know, so these are plagues. I think I had even made the association to a time when plagues are hitting. So I would I would say definitely go back and check those. And then I did the one on the coronavirus recently where I gave some information just in like a broader sense for like, you know, what what you can do. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to do this probably. I don't think I'm going to do it again after this, um, to be honest with you. Uh, Maybe I don't want to say, you know, never say never. If it's on my spirit to share more information again, I will. But um, it takes a lot, you know, because part of me is like, uh, why didn't you just listen when I told you the first time? Why don't you just, you know, I, I don't lie. I don't lie to you. I do lie, <laughs> but I don't lie to you. You know, um, I will lie. Though. I've lied my way out of uh, tickets, arrest. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, long time ago. So, yeah, but my point I'm saying is that at some point, you know, you got to humble yourself up to leadership. And I'm not saying that I'm your leader. I, I'm only leading my family. The rest of you guys, it's it's on you, you know. But if someone knows more or has been invested in a certain thing a little bit more or has more prophetic insight, just listen to it. Like, stop taking it as a, as a as a joke, you know. So I would say, you know, let's let's kind of start there because that's one of your your best protections. You know, a lot of the things that I know to do, I didn't I didn't necessarily come up with with those things, you know, like I didn't, in, I didn't invent survivalism, you know, um, I talked to people and I learned and I went to seminars and workshops and I've been doing that for many, many years, you know, uh, I just don't talk about it because, you know, uh, sometimes you end up being that guy, just, you know, and it, it could, it could, it could be a little convoluted. Um, so I would say, you know, Go back and, and check those things out that I, the information I shared with you before on those segments, even some of the Thunderground Thursdays, you know, things like that. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to go over some basics with you all. This is not going to be an esoteric teaching. So if you're looking for like the, the, the theories and, the, you know, stuff, I'm not doing that right now. Uh, maybe we'll do that later. Like for right now, it's about survivalism. <laughs> It's about surviving, and then we can talk about later, uh, is this real, who did it, what's it really about, you know, but let's let's kind of, and, and, and I would only hope that those of you who have been following um, certain figures are wise enough now to recognize the garbage from the truth. Like, if you still got people doing astrological breakdowns at this point on what's happening, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not discrediting any astrologers or anything like that. But if that's still happening and they're not giving you some hands-on pragmatic um, guidance, then I would hope, I would hope that this would be a wake-up call to you at this point. Um, I would hope. Okay. So, uh-oh. All right. We're back. I don't know what happened. Froze up there for a moment. So, yeah, I would just say that, and, and everything that I'm saying right now is a part of, um, 
is a part of your survival. Like sitting in the, in the midst of good counsel is very important right now and good people, of course, but not just those who are spewing negativity or, you know, a whole lot of esoterics, but really who have their feet on the ground and who are making things happen. That's one of your survival at this time. And I kind of shared that last time when I spoke about um, getting around other people who think like you. Well, but I'll get into that. So I'm going to focus on two things primarily. And these are really, these are just basics. Um, we have, you know, preparedness. And then, you know, where we're, where we're basically preparing uh, where we are in the area that we are or the home that we are. And we're preparing for a particular situation and how to fend ourselves off from a, a particular situation. And then we have the type of preparedness for disasters that we do where we're preparing ourselves to get somewhere uh, safe. Right. And I want to make it clear, like, you know, um, this isn't about the virus. And again, I'm not going to get like all esoteric. Uh, you know, I can, but uh, I want to keep it practical. It's not about the virus. You know, the influenza takes out more people. Now, of course, this might be scarier to some because they say there's no cure. But your problem is not the virus. Your problem is the reaction to it. OK, I'm going to keep it simple because I don't want to get off into they the they conversation. You know, they about then you know that we're going to skip that but we're just going to focus on what we need to do. And then we can have, like I said, we can have those other talks later. We can't really afford to have those talks right now. All right. So let's start with the first thing. If you have to make a move, if you got a boogie, right? Uh, the first thing that you should have um, right now, even if it's not complete, but I want you to start putting it together is what we call a bug out bag. Okay. Some of you may be familiar with the term. Some of you may not be. Um, but you got to have a bug out bag. You got to have a bug out bag. You got to have a bug out bag. All right. Um, you can't get around that. All right. And every member of your family needs to have one, even the babies, even the, you know, even your pets. Right. Uh, everybody had a bug out bag is basically an emergency evacuation uh, kit, if you will. And it's a bag that you'll have that you'll leave near your front door. A lot of houses are, are designed where there's like a, a, um, a cloak, coat closet or whatever near the front door. Put your bug out bag there. If you live by yourself and, it, you know, space is not an issue, just put it next to the wall. Right. Put it together today. I don't care if it's in a shopping bag. All right. Uh, you could you could fix it up later. <laughs> you could fix it up later. All right. So essentially you want to have essentials. Right. That's the main thing. You want to have essentials. So that you, if you have to make a journey somewhere um, as a result of an emergency happening, you have some things that can carry you through, right? So what are some of the things that you are going to put into your, um, your bag? Um, first, and, it, and it, it varies depending on, honestly, age and if you're male or if you're female, right? So I'll give you an example. If you're female... You'd want to have feminine hygiene products in there. As a man, we, we don't necessarily have that issue, but um, you know how long your menses typically last. So um, typically when we're dealing with survivalism, we work in a series of threes. You know, uh, whether we're, we're, we're preparing for three days, um, three strongs, three months, right? Now, 
from what I know about the menses, uh, some some women it, it lasts longer than three days. So you know you may have to prepare for that. So you want to have enough uh, whatever you use inside of your bag to carry you through at least a month's you know experience. I would also say the good thing about having those, even if you don't use them, is that you can use them for other things. You know, I know um, in my studio, I use pads to muffle my drums. <laughs> so if you ever have to mic up a drum kit, you can always use pads because they keep the, the toms and everything from ringing uh, when you're trying to do isolation recording. All right. But aside from laying a drum track uh, with feminine products, uh, you know, you can use them, obviously, for cuts and wounds and like that because they're very absorptive. Um, even if you need to, like, start a fire, you know, you can use them. All right. So, again, that's something you would have in there. Uh, speaking of fire, and let me just give you a, a, a heads up. I'm not going to cover everything. Uh, I'm not even trying to cover everything. I'm just going to give you some basics. And then, like I said, if if the Most High tells me to speak again, I will. But... I'm, it, leave it up to me. I'm not. <laughs> I see you on the other side of this thing. All right. Um, so anyway, so speaking of, like I said, starting fires and things, you'd also want to make sure that you have uh, um, waterproof matches is another big thing. Make sure that you have waterproof matches. Make sure that you have lighters, right? And what's good is the, the camping lighters, you know, um, that have a more focused blade on them. They, they, they tend to burn a little stronger, a little better, but definitely the waterproof matches because sometimes in some environments you will not get your lighters to light or depending on what kind of emergency it is, if it's a, if it's a flood or heavy raining and stuff like that, you want to have your waterproof matches. Okay, so that's another thing you want in your bag. Uh, you also want all copies of your essential identification. You don't have to put your originals in there but put copies of like your driver's license or your state ID. Um, of uh your passport uh i am i am actually an advocate of just putting your passport in your bug out bag like that's the permanent storage for your passport um and let me just let me just give you so, so what i'm going to do in this session i'm 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 going to give you some of my inside stuff you know my own personal stuff that i don't talk about as much but me uh, I always have my passport on, passport on me. I don't go anywhere without my passport. So I'm I'm saying like it's always on me. <laughs> it's always on me, right? I, I'm ready to 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 leave the land at any moment. Um, so that's me. Everyone is a little different, you know. But I would say always keep. In my opinion, it's good to keep it in your bug back, bug out bag. Instead of like having a bag and forgetting it or having to try to get back to the house or maybe I can apply for one. You never know what the situation is, right? Um, with that said, you, you want to have uh, those copies of your documentation uh, in waterproof, like, you know, Ziploc bags and things like that. Because, again, you don't know what the situation may be. Um, and there's two things to that, which we'll get into in a, in a second. All right. So you want copies of your ID so that you can prove that you own certain things like if there's an issue with your apartment or issue with your house, you want to be able to prove that you are who you say you are, even if you don't have access to your physical identification, right? Um, something, uh, and I should have probably said this first. I'm, I'm flowing off the top, so the order may be a little backwards. First thing you need to do, 
we're going we're gonna to ignore all those for right now. Um, first thing you need to do is you need to create a map of your home. Okay. First thing you need to do. I'm sorry. I should have said this first. Um, especially if you have young children, but you need to have a map of the home. I'm, and I'm saying every room, right? Just take some time, get a large enough piece of paper, sketch it out, right? And then what you'll do is you'll determine where it's best to, if there's an issue or if someone's trying to break in through a window, if you have a fire escape or whatever, what's the best ways to move around or the hiding places or, or how to get out of the, out of the house, right? If you have young children, that's especially important, man, because for those of you who are not really young, you know, a lot of times when we were young, the first, if there's a problem, the first idea is I'm going to hide under my bed. You know, like no matter what it is, I'm scared, I'm going to go in my closet, or I'm going to go in my bed, right? So you want to make sure that um, the younger people are well prepared and they know where they need to go. Now, outside of that, this should also be a safe location to travel to outside of the home, right? So um, this, I spoke about this recently when I said, you know, do you know your neighbors? And which one of them or if any of them would you actually trust if there was a situation? So there should be a place that's in line of sight from your actual home that you can point to, to the young people or even older people in your home and say, if something happens... This is where we're going. You see Mr. So-and-so's house over there or Miss So-and-so's house over there or whatever. Go over there and bang on the door. It doesn't matter what time of night. And obviously you need to inform Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so that you're my, you know, you're, you're my safe spot. You're my getaway spot. So if, if, if you hear some banging on the door at 3 a.m. or my child is out there screaming for you, this is why. So that's an important thing that you want to do. Make sure that everybody kind of knows where to meet up and it needs to be somewhere that they can see from the house. Nothing that, you know, you don't want your child. If you might have a very young six, seven year old child in the middle of the street trying to read a map and like, you know, you don't want that. So you want them to be able to, I'm going right there. All right. And you may have more than one of those, which is fine. Um, I have them across States. Okay. So if I'm not here, go there. If I'm not there. And then I also have them across countries. So if I'm not here, or you can't make it there, then we're going to go get a flight here and then go here when you get that flight. And then, you know, right. So I said, I'm tell a little bit of my stuff. I ain't going to tell too much of my stuff, but, um, cause honestly, if it, if it takes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try not to talk about this stuff too much, but if it takes me to have to tell you to get prepared, especially for some of you men, um, yeah, yeah, it, it should, I shouldn't have to tell you, you know, if I do, you're not, you're, you're going to die. Whatever, whatever they're concocting, you're going to be powerless to it. So I'll just say it like that. So be prepared to, you know, you better teach your daughter how to handle a man. And what I mean by handle a man, she'll probably have to prostitute herself for you to put some food on the table. You know, and if your wife's a looker, she's going to have to prostitute herself, too. Because if it takes me to tell you to prepare and protect and keep your family safe, if you haven't even thought about it, haven't even put anything in place, then hopefully you got some some pretty daughters and some pretty sons. Okay. So with that being said, 
uh, you want to make sure, again, all of the young people, older people, they know the rally point. They know where to go, right? Um, so that that would be like the first two. I should have said those before I told you about the bug out. First two, where do we go? If there's a fire or something, we got to get in like immediately right outside of the house. Then you have a rallying point after that. And there should be inside of the house, there should be a map of what, what are the exits that we can we can use or, you know, where we would all meet to try to get out of. Because, you know, a lot of times, like, um, you don't think about it, like, because the media kind of messes with our minds a little bit in terms of how things look. You know, when there's a fire, and, I, and I've seen fires, I've been inside of places that were on fire. It's not like, all right, where, where are we going to go? Like, it's hot. And then you just touch the doorknob. Like, oh, it's hot. You know, um, it's not like that. Like, you can't see anything. When when there's a fire, um, it's pitch black. You know, if you've ever burned a plastic bag, like, you see how much toxic smoke comes from it and how, how black that smoke is. So imagine all of those things like that burning inside of, a, of an enclosed space. You can't see anything. You can't see right in front of your face. And then... You're choking from from all of uh peace peace brother Jaden by the way but you're 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 choking from all of the smoke so you need to be able to like run drills you remember we used to do those in school the fire drills um but you need to be able to run drills to know like okay even with my eyes closed this is the door I can get out this this is the hallway we could use whatever because it may be like that in a in a natural emergency like if there's a fire and it's smoked out you won't be able to breathe so you got to move kind of quick. All right. So those two things we start with. And then let's go back to our our um, bug out bag. And again, we're still talking about if you have to leave out of your space, some of the things that you would have. So one of the things that I shared was um, uh, copies of your ID and waterproof um, bags or at least Ziploc bags, um, waterproof matches, uh, lighters. Of course, if you're a woman, uh, feminine, feminine uh, hygiene products that will carry you through and even if you have uh like the young daughter should have that if they're even around that age where it might happen you know um you want to make sure that they're covered uh one of the things most important things is water right you can go three days without water right you function by the rules of three and typically you're going to use about a gallon of water per day uh but but and that's for cleaning and everything but in an emergency situation cleaning and drinking you want to keep that as a rule of thumb, but you may not necessarily be able to carry three gallons of water with you, especially let's say if you have a family and it's five or six of you. You know, um, if it's five or six of you, let's say if it's six of you, that's 36 gallons of water that you have to carry. That's a lot of water. Um, so you want to make sure that even in your bug out plan that, and that's, you know, um, if, it's, if you're looking at three days at a clip. So you want to make sure that in your bug out plan that you're, Maybe a lot, like if you say, okay, well, we're going to go this way, we're going to travel this way. There may be a stream or a river there where we can collect some water, use our matches, start a fire, boil it, so that we can utilize it, or just wash up in the stream, right? Um, we'll we'll get into that in a, in a moment. Um, so again, you need water, all right? So you got to make sure you have some water in your bug out bag. Now you know what? Uh, before I go on, like I know I'm jumping around, jumping around, um, but just just go for the ride. Um, let's talk about the bug out bag for a moment before we get to the food. Um, don't get an army bag. 
okay? Uh, in fact, and I know sometimes we get possessed by the spirit of consumerism. So some of the things that you're hearing me talk about, you might get excited and then you jump online and, oh, I'm going to get this and I'm, get, I'm reading reviews on bags and different clothes and things that I could utilize, you know. Um, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because in a survival situation, you know, I, I come from that very horrible and demonic era where young men used to get killed for uh, their clothing. You know, I, I, I came up in that very terrible, violent era. You know, if you had on a pair of certain sneakers or a certain kind of coat. I mean, I remember um, young men getting stuck up for when I was young. It was like Sherling coats. You know, I think they, they came around again. But like the Sherling was a big thing, you know, um, getting stabbed for the this, this Sherling and things like that. And then many years later it was, you know, the North Face or things like that. So um, you want to make sure that you're wearing clothing, articles of clothing and carrying like even your bag and stuff that you're not kind of standing out as someone who has something, right? So t tactical bags may be um, very tempting, you know, especially because with the tactical bags, um, and I'm talking about like the military tactical bags, you can attach other things to them, like your, your water, your lights and everything. They have the Velcro connectors and everything. Don't use them. Don't use them. Trust me. Um, the best kind of bag you want to use for a bug out bag uh, for your main bug out bag, you're going to have more than one. We'll get into that. The best kind of bag you want to use is actually a hiking bag. Hiking bags are very light and they're very durable. And um, they're made to carry a lot. And you can blend in with a hiking bag. Um, and you want to get the type of bag. The best ones are the ones that have the rain shield. So, you know, there's usually a zipper component on, component on the bottom or the top. You pull it over and you can, if it's raining, you can cover the, the whole bag. So you don't have to worry about your things getting wet. Um, you may be thinking about being fashionable and things like that. So you say, well, let me get a black bag because it will go with everything. Do not get black bags. The best color bags you can get are olive, uh, are gray, um, any kind of tan, those, those type of colors. First of all, bags that don't look like military issue. Number one, don't get a camouflage bag, right? Um, but you want to get something so that you blend in, you look very plain. We call it the gray man look, you know, but also uh, if you're walking for a long time in the sun, you know, your bag is not cooking everything that you have inside of it. So if you have a black bag, as you probably know, um, black absorbs, you know, sunlight a bit more. So you could end up spoiling or even just kind of melting some of the things that you have in your bag. So you don't want to use a dark color bag like that um for your bug out bag um my personal favorite again is gray just everything gray everything gray um don't get military issued boots you know get regular comfortable hiking shoes because you know you never know you may end up having to walk 15 20 miles right so um unless you're trained you know i'm i am professionally trained to walk 20 miles in a pair of timberlands <laughs> but unless you're from New York, <laughs> you don't have the, the Timberland expertise that we have. So um, I would suggest don't 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 use Timberlands um, in, in boots like that. But try to get some some basic hiking boots uh, that you can use that are very comfortable to wear. And again, keep it simple. You don't want something that 
you're going to have to worry about someone um, sticking you up for, like someone trying to steal your sneakers or steal your bag. You know, and again, you want to blend in. You don't want to look like you have anything. Now, let's go back. So, so now you know what the bag should look like. I'm not a big fan of totes or duffel bags because, you know, they'll create pressure on one side. And again, you don't know how long you'll be walking. You know, uh, you might be walking 40 miles. You know, if you have a, let's say, a wilderness path. So you don't, I'm not a big fan of like strap acrosses and stuff. Anything's going to put, you know, um, uneven weight. Um, but, you know, you do what you want to do, right? But I would say the best thing is a hiking bag, right? You don't go crazy. You don't have to go buy a $700 hiking bag because someone's going to take your bag. All right? So so get something uh, basic, right? So with that being said, so you know what the bag looks like now. You know you got water in it. You need a gallon a day, right, or be able to secure a gallon. Um, and you need copies of your ID, waterproof matches, um, a lighter. Uh, you also want, I would suggest, a multi-purpose knife. Okay, multi-purpose knife. Knife, some of you may know them as, like, Swiss Army knives. Um, I mean, those are, like, just heaven sent. <laughs> you want a multi-purpose knife. You know, some of them, they have, um, you know, they have not only bottle openers, can openers, things like that, but also you have the knife itself, scissors, things like that. And they range in prices, you know, the, the, the Swiss knives. Um, you can you can get pretty decent ones online. I'm not going to shout out prices, anything like that. Not right now. And I don't have a list in the description of, you know, where you can get them. Maybe I'll have my assistant add it later. Uh, but right now, do your due diligence. I'm telling you what you need to get. You, you work out the rest. Um, and also the reason, because I know the prices on everything are probably double and triple right now. So I don't be like, you can get a good knife for $20 and $80, you know. Um, let me, and let me put you up on some game. I'm jumping around a little bit. But, uh, you know, a great place to secure stuff that people skip over, man, thrift stores. Go to thrift stores. All right. Now, I know in the South, I, I guess it's the, the porn store. Star. The porn store is a big thing in the South. You probably can go, because I know in porn stores, porn store, I'm not going to say that anymore, but you know, porn stores, you can, um, you can also get ammunition, right? And we'll get, we'll get into the, the ammunition thing in a minute, but, um, thrift stores, a lot of times you can get a lot of army issued goods from thrift stores. I've gotten so much stuff you wouldn't even imagine, um, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, you know, so like even sometimes garage sales, you get like metal canteens, which are great because you can use those to boil water too, the metal ones, you know. Um, but I've gotten like really good canvas bags. Um, I, I mean, I can't, I can't go over all the things I've gotten from thrift stores over the years, but I've been prepping. Man, since the 90s. So, you know. I, I got, you know, so, I, so I'm, I've been patient, you know what I mean? So, like, if I see something, you know, um, I know now the situation is different, so you may not have time to go from thrift store to thrift store. But just keep in mind that that's a really good um, situation, you know, as far as, like, uh, being able to find stuff. You'd be shocked the stuff you can find in thrift stores. Because a lot of times you do have old vets or people who just want that stuff out the house, and the average person doesn't want 
you know, things like that. So, you know, um, old cast iron pots and things like that, which really come in handy. Right. So um, that's a little 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 side game, you know, for you. But anyway, back to what you would have in it. So let's get into the food piece. Right. So you want things in terms of food that are, that are high calorie. Now you can get MRE packets. Um, oh, I had I had to chat up for a minute. I took it back down. I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep an eye on the chat. So let me just say, um, uh, if you have questions, just ask them. You know, and I'll I'll try to glance at the chat every once in a while. I don't think there's any questions now, but um, I'll answer your questions until my this battery dies. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'll glance back again in a little while. But, um, yeah, so you can get MRE packets, you know, um, meal replacements. Those are cool. I'm not, I'm not a huge, huge fan of them, but, you know, your mileage may vary. You know, so if you, right now, I would say it's probably not a good time to try to purchase in and every double and triple priced. Um, and, again, for your bug out bag, you're not looking for long-term things. I'm a I'm a advocate of keeping your bug out bag. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, I'm a, okay. All right, sorry about that. I guess when the phone went off, the, the stream stopped. But um, I was gonna say that I'm an advocate of keeping your bug out bag as light as possible, right? It may be tempting to just keep filling it up, filling it up, filling it up. Um, anything over thirty pounds. For me, it's, it's too much. And, you know, yeah, for some of us, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of on the bigger side. So, I mean, yeah, I can carry more, but you never know what you're going to get as well. So, so I'm saying this to, like, the men, don't let your ego get away with you. You might be a bigger person like me and say, well, you know, I can I I can carry a 60-pound bag, 70-pound bag. Don't do it. You know, again, you don't know what kind of terrain you're going to be going through or if you need to run or whatever. So keep your bag light, right? So you can use MRE kits, which you basically just, just dehydrate them. If that's your thing, cool. It, you know, it depends on your constitution and what you want to eat. You know, um, for me, I don't, I don't eat any animal products. So um, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of, of nut butters. You know, um, with some water and some nut butter, I can pretty much, you know, uh, you know do, do raw knuckle, knuckle street fighting. <laughs> for, for at least seven to eight hours straight, you know, uh, nut butter takes me pretty far, so I don't really need much. Um, but everyone is different. But I would definitely say, like, you can get like um, date bars, like any kind of uh, natural bar, you know, things that are dried out because obviously they last. And like, I'm a fan of things that have like dates or raisins mixed with nut butters because you're going to get some carbs in there, and you're going to get some protein in there. Uh, some of you meat eaters. Though I would suggest if you're going to put anything like any kind of meat in your bug out bag, you can put like wild caught. Well, just put salmon. You don't have to do the wild caught. You know, um, uh, it's just, if, it was, if I was doing it, I'd do wild caught. But it doesn't matter. In an emergency situation, you're not going to be, is this GMO? Is it? Just eat it, right? Um, what's your take on chlorine tablets for water? I'll get right back to you on that. Um, so I would say, you know, again, if you're a meat eater, sardines are excellent. Um, any kind of canned meat is really good, but you can also get the bagged. I know you can get it for tuna. You can get it for salmon. I don't know about other meat. I don't know about that stuff, but, you know, they're slim. The reason I like them is because they're slim and they're light. And um, 
because they're not in a can. You don't have a risk of cutting yourself or stuff like that. You know, um, again, you, you want to minimize the risk of in, in, injury when you're bugging out, right? So if you're a meat eater, some some even advocate, some uh, survivalists will advocate also beef jerky. Um, again, I'm not a meat eater. And even in a survival situation, I if I'm going to eat any meat, um, I'm not going to pack any meat. But if I'm going to eat meat, it's probably going to be meat that I, I caught and killed myself. Um, so, you know, I, on that one, I'm not really, you know, <laughs> okay, I got you on the power source one. So that one, I'm not really. But, you know, I can tell you sardines, um, tuna, these are, these are things you can get in bags. And that's how you want to pack. You don't want too many cans, too much stuff dingling and jingling around because you never know in a survival situation what kind of mission you may have to go on to get to one place to another. You know, I remember watching the documentary. I think it was Wade in the Water. In the Water, it was about Katrina. And it showed a brother um, where he had, to, he had to commandeer a truck. He had to steal a truck off of a lot. And he used it to move like a whole lot of people from one place to another, right? So if you're in a situation where maybe you do have to kind of be a little stealth. You don't want tickling, 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 tickling all in your backpack while you're moving around. All right. Um, so now I'm going to answer a couple questions and I'm gone because I don't want to get too distracted. So I was asked, uh, what is my take on, on chlorine tablets for water purification? Uh, I tell you the best thing you could do uh, as far as using chlorine to purify water is use the, 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 the tablets that are used for pools, the chlorinate pools. You can get them much cheaper and even right now, up on some game people are not even getting them everybody's clearing the stores of bleach right get the tablets that they use for chlorinating pools you get a lot more of it you get a whole lot more of it and it's a lot cheaper here's the trick though you have to make sure that it doesn't have the algae inhibitor inside of it the algae inhibitor is toxic okay so you, you want the ones that just are like straight sodium chloride which is just basically straight bleach but without the algae inhibitor, without the, and it's actually cheaper because it doesn't have the algae inhibitor. That's what you do to purify your water. Okay, you can use bleach if you want, um, but right now you're not gonna get. You know, you're gonna go somewhere. They're gonna tell you you can only get one bottle. You know, stuff like that. So uh, you can probably still go online and order because um, who's thinking about cleaning their pool right now? All right, but it's the same stuff. All right, so that's a little trick you can use for that. Um, and then you always have boiling, you always have oregano oil and other things like that, that purify water. Um, the other one that I saw, if I remember correctly, let me look at my thing here, but I think you asked me about, um, yeah, any recommendations, Christopher, you asked any recommendations and the water tablet that was for you, Empress T. Um, I don't think I see other questions, but, um, what is one underneath? I'll get to that one. So. And Chris, you asked any recommendations for portable power sources? Yes, absolutely. Uh, which goes in the bug out bag. So I was going to add that, but I'll add it now. Uh, portable solar panels. Okay, so with portable solar panels, you know, one of the first things for me I think about is prevention and protection, right? So you'll hear some preppers talk about generators and things like that. And that's cool, but generators make a lot of noise. And if we're in a long-term situation and, and I want you to be clear, like I'm not, um, I'm not just speaking about this Corona situation. I'm telling you how to create, how to survive period, whether it's a flood, it's a 
hurricane, civil unrest, we'll say, political unrest, um, or you just need to, you know, you did something that you, you just need to go, right? So uh, I want to keep that in mind. This is not specific to this. This is something that you should have, everyone should have all the time. All right, so portable solar panels. You can, if you if you do a search even for like camping solar panels, that's what you want because they make no noise. And they have the ones that like you get three panels and they'll fold up. So they're, they're small. They have ones that are like here to here. They'll go right into your backpack. You just unfold them and then they have USB ports right on them. So from there, you can charge up your devices. Um, you can even run a, a solar light or you could charge up your battery pack which is another thing that needs to be inside of your um, your bug out bag. Um, and there's different packs. For me, I want at least a, a uh, one with a 10,000 uh, rating on it. You know, so I would say um, definitely have your pack with you. And there's some really good... Matter of fact, I'll just tell you, I'm not an affiliate or anything, but RAV. I like RAV stuff, stuff R-A-V. Um, I don't have any associated association with them or anything, but I use this stuff and I like it. Stuff works well. Um, you can get a pack for like 50 bucks or less and you know, it'll charge an iPad, it'll charge a phone, it'll charge yada, yada, yada. Right. So I would say definitely have a power pack and you don't have to have a huge one if you don't want, but you know, um, at least one is going to give you a day or two of power. Um, and then if you have the solar, the portable solar panels, you can just keep the, the pack charged up. Just keep in mind that like, um, you're going to probably be looking, the prices I'm sure are much different now, but you're going to be looking between like maybe keep to keep it small, um, a 16 volt to a 24, I mean, 16 watt to 24 watt, uh, panel, which will run you anywhere between, let's just say, I don't want to give too many prices. I know they've changed, but let's just say, let's just say $40 to a hundred dollars, right? I know, I know where I can get them for like $30, but let's just say 40 bucks to a hundred bucks. And now you have power. As long as you got sunlight, you have power. Or again, you charge up your back, your, your pack. The whole thing with the pack and the panels will probably be about this big. You know what I mean? So it's like something you can have on you. You got power. You can have light. You can have everything else that you need. All right. So that's something that should go inside of your, your uh, bug out bag as well as your, your food rations. Um, I, I mean, I'm a big advocate of dehydrated food. Is really good dehydrated vegetables, which just require a little water to bring them back. Um, even dehydrated fruit, although with uh, most fruit, just you don't have to um, rehydrate it. But just keep in mind that anything that you eat that is dehydrated, your body will rehydrate it internally. So you will be pulling from your internal water to rehydrate it. So that's just something you want to keep in mind when you're like, I'm going to pack a whole bunch of crackers, saltine crackers, and you know things like that. Um, you don't really want things that are really going to dehydrate you uh, too much, right? So um, so one of the things you also want to try to keep is an extra flashlight and some extra batteries inside of your bug out bag, okay? And I know most of us, we use our phones for flashlights, and that's cool, but um, you can have a little small. I keep a little um, in my bag because now you got LED lights. When I was younger, if you wanted a good light, it was like it was a weapon, you know? But they have the little LED ones, the tiny ones that go on like your uh, keychain. So that, you know, it's nothing to have them and the batteries last for like 10 years, you know. So, um, you definitely want to have that. Get some little small LED ones. You don't need a big one because again, you want to travel light. You don't want to take up a lot of space. 
So, um, little small, and I mean literally, if I have my keys, I will show you. Because uh, I, I keep several of them, you know, but it's probably, yeah, it's probably maybe that, that big, about that wide. It'll light up a whole area, right? So, um, definitely keep extra flashlights in your bug out bag, extra batteries in your bug out bag. Um, plastic. Okay, one of the one of the important things you want to keep. Now, me, I like to keep plastic bags for several reasons, which I'm going to explain. Um, but even plastic tarping is good, right? Um, because depending on your situation, how you're moving, where you're going, you may actually have to sleep on the ground. So if the ground is wet or anything like that, um, you want to have some plastic sheathing to put down or to put over, right? Very easy to give yourself um, cover with plastic, right? Uh, but the other thing is the plastic bags I'm a big fan of because sometimes you see something you want real quick. It could be some herbs. You may be out. You might see some ground mustard on the ground or some cabbage, and you're like, you know what, let me grab this up real quick. It could be in a, an abandoned <laughs> it could be an abandoned garden. Um, you can get some herbs really quick or some poke leaves or something like that. Put them in your bag and, you know, keep pushing. So it's good to have plastic bags because they compress so small. But also, depending on the situation that you're in and how you're moving, you may not want to um, leave the, leave your DNA laying around. So let's say if you have to do a number two, um, you can, you could, I mean, we're talking about survival now, so, you know, it's not all pristine and pretty. But you can do a number two inside of a plastic bag and then, you know, uh, hide it. I guess you could use it as a projectile weapon, depending on your situation. But anyway, you can hide it, right, or whatever, you know, or just, again, it may be the environment. Maybe you're trapped indoors somewhere, and you just don't want to be going on the floor like they were unfortunately having to do in that Superdome when Katrina happened. They would just have to go right there. And you got to realize, too, the way that the human mind works, when a person starts to feel this situation is, is hopeless, they'll just be like, oh, the heck with it, and they'll just be going on the floor and whatever. You know, especially if they feel like there hasn't been a, a an outreach, a compassionate outreach towards them, they'll start just feeling like they'll lose that human dignity and just start doing anything. All right. So that's something that you want to, um, you know, keep. Also, the reason I like plastic bags is you can use them to line your shoes. So let's say if you're walking through an area that's muddy or that's wet, you can put your feet inside the plastic bags and then put those into the shoes and then at least your feet will stay dry which is very important in a, a survival situation is to stay dry because, you know, um, for several reasons, one for morale, for morale reasons, but also just, just to keep sickness off of you. I'm not going to go into a long explanation of why it's important to stay dry. Um, I'm trying to you notice I'm speaking quickly, um, but hopefully I don't need to explain that too much, why you should want to stay dry. So that also goes to your gear. You want to have, a waterproof, what we call windbreaker. There may be another term for it, uh, but uh, I'm from the breakdance era. So, <laughs> so we call them windbreaker. Um, you know, so, you know, you want to have a waterproof windbreaker. And in your bug out bag, don't pack any shorts. I know it may be tempting, especially even if you're in like in, a, let's say, Florida or Cali and your place is pretty much always hot. You might be kind of tempted to... Um, I'll get I'll get to you, Obadiah, and I know where you are, Obadiah. So I'll get to you um, to that question. 
you may be tempted like, okay, I'm going to put some sock. I mean, I'm sorry, some shorts because it's no, always pack pants, always pack pants, even if they're, you know, um, and be careful even with the windbreaker material because they make that noise when you're walking. Now, that's just me personally. I'm giving you my personal stuff. I'm all me for me. Stealth is important. Again, you never know what situation you might be in where you don't need to be making a lot of noise when you're moving around. Um, but pack pants and what you want to pack is layers. So you can have several, um, um, t-shirts, several pairs of underwear, of course, a couple of pairs of socks, very important, even more than the underwear. Um, if you're a guy like me, I'm commando most of the time. So underwear, not that big a deal, but socks are, are a huge issue, right? Because again, if you get your feet wet, you need to be able to change into some dry socks. I may say, okay, well, I just won't put socks on. But if you're walking 10 miles or 15 miles or 20 or 30 miles, you need to be able to have comfortable footwear and your feet are extremely important. You can't be walking and getting blisters and things like that and exposing yourself to possible infection. All right. So um, that's an important piece right there in terms of like just your footwear, your underwear um, and layers, layers, you know, maybe tempting to like, stuff a big coat in there something like don't do it it's always better to dress in layers because if you start getting warm um i lost my chat window sorry okay there's some questions i'll get to you guys in a second but if you start getting warm then you can remove a layer which is better than sweating if you sweat and then it gets cooler at night you run the risk of hypothermia so again it goes back to why you don't want to get wet all right so you definitely don't want to be out sweating. All right, I'm going to answer some of these questions. I'm going to get back to it. Um, I thought I saw some question marks. Okay, who do occultism says, do you know any toxic plants for protection? Leave that stuff alone. Now, I don't know if you're talking about from a ritual perspective or if you're talking about throwing plants in people's face. Either way, leave that alone. Like, just let's, let's stick to the practical stuff. Um... You want to protect yourself, get yourself a knife. And get yourself a knife with a sheath. Or you can use, again, your multi-purpose knife. Very important to get a knife with a sheath because you don't want to be reaching in your bag or anything like that. Because I know some of you women might be like, well, I got a good knife right in the kitchen. I paid a lot of money for this Jinsu knife. And you just grab it. You know, you want to make sure that you have a knife that you're not cutting yourself or anything like that when you go to get it. All right? Um, so... We're going to skip past. So anybody who's going to, and I'm not saying that's what you were asking. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to say it. Um, okay. But anybody who's going to ask, wants to ask me about rituals and things like that, for the, skip it. I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm not, we're not doing it. All right. This, you got to, and I'm not saying you were, so I don't want you to think I'm getting on you. I'm just using it as an opportunity. So I don't want you to think I'm talking about you. The reason why a lot of y'all are in this state and are unprepared because you've been listening to fake teachers who have no prophetic vision and who have no real calling for leadership from Oludumare. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to try not to make it about that. But they give you garbage information and you can't tell the difference between rain that's coming from the sky and some filthy water that they pulled up out of the sewage. And they've been telling you to drink sewage water all this time. And they have no real answers for you right now other than some stupidness coronavirus well corona means crown and if you think about it the crown and then they took the corona is the form of lightning so what's shut that 
get to these practicals, get your bug out bag. All right. That's coming from the priest. So you would think the priest would be telling you that stuff. I'm not. I'm giving you the practical things because the creator has given you intelligence. Use it. That's your greatest weapon. That's your greatest spiritual weapon is your ability to create healthy and beneficial spirits around you through the projection of the electromagnetic energy of your thought matter. Thoughts create spirits. Dumb thoughts create dumb spirits. All right. So anyway, I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, But like I said, if anybody is talking the spookism right now, you need to be stepping away from them. They're just going to drag you further and further and further into their stupidity and into their nonsense. Anybody's like, yeah, just pour a little of this anointing oil or just light this candle. I, I can't tell you enough. And again, some of you are in this situation. I'm not going to say it, but you didn't listen. Some of you who've been reaching out to me. Yeah, brother, what we, I told you what to do already. I've been telling you what to do. I've been telling you about homeschooling. I've been telling you about getting out of the cities. I've been telling you about having bug out locations. I've been telling you about preparing. I've been telling you this. My friends know he's, yeah, he's been on this since the eighties. I thought I was Rambo back in the days. <laughs> Just to give you an idea. I probably know every line to that movie, that and red dawn. I know every line. Like I could, I could enact the whole movies, both of them from beginning to end. red dawn and Rambo. All right. And no blade of grass. You want some good survivalist movies? No Blade of Grass. Um, um, countdown to, to, to Zero. You know, I got movies going back to the 50s. You know, um, Quartermain in the Pit. These are all great survivalist movies. But anyway, we're not talking about that. So the question was, I'm sorry, I got off on something else. Um, we're going to plant thing. I'm not sure what you mean, but we're not doing any hoodoo at this point to survive. That's we got to bring it up a notch. And I'm not saying yes. And Obadiah, you said, if you're in the tri-state area, do you feel it's better to go north or south? It depends on what you want to do, to be honest, uh, Obadiah. Um, Cuomo is locking down New York, right? I know where you are, right? So I won't say where you are, but I know where you are. Um, Cuomo is locking down New York. So you could always go to upstate New York. Upstate New York has so much farmland, and then you're right next to Canada. You know, if you could try to get into Canada, I know Canada has, has blocked their border, but, um, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, from upstate, you're in a great place in terms of like wildlife, in terms of open land. You know, the only problem is that it gets extremely cold there. So depending on how long you're going to be there, you have to be set up and accommodated to cut some wood up and into being in an environment like you may not be able to, I mean, well, technically you could stay in a tent, but if you're not ready that if you're not prepared for that kind of life, it could be problematic. Um, also there's some very polarized communities in upstate New York. You know, again, you know, upstate is that's where all the prisons are. So most of the people who live up in those areas, they work in the prisons. So there's this, there's already a certain kind of camaraderie there among the CEOs and the case managers and everything. Um, I'm going to let the helicopter go. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so that's going north for you, right? Um, 
Connecticut is also an option, but again, you kind of got the same thing, the, the coldness. Uh, then you have like Tri-State, and I know the Tri-State you're talking about, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Um, you could go south. You could go to South Jersey, which similar situation because the weather is, is kind of, it's not as cold as Jersey, but you know, I mean, I'm sorry, as New York, but um, New Jersey... New Jersey has got, you know, those those state troopers. New Jersey's got some really vicious uh, laws and things like that. A lot of good old boys. You know, New Jersey has a has a really deep and entre- entrenched history with the Klan. So you got a lot of people who, who are, you know, you got a lot of sick people who are, like, really excited about a collapse of government and a collapse in society and uh, are kind of just waiting for that. So you want to be mindful of that. But if I had to pick between the two, if I was going to go to upstate New York, if I was going to go to South Jersey, let's just say if it was Jersey, speaking of, I would go to Jersey. But truthfully, from Jersey, you so close to, to Pennsylvania, I would go west. Go inward. In times of doubt, go in and go up. Okay? That's all you need to know. In times of doubt, go in and up. All right? So go away from the shorelines and go up in the mountains. Okay? So with that being said, um, We'll talk about handguns and ammo in a second, hoodoo occultism. So with that being said, um, I, if I was in a tri-state, I would, I, would, I would slide into Pennsylvania because from Pennsylvania you can get into the middle of the country and Pennsylvania has so many nooks and crannies because the Amish out there, I mean, they got meth issues. You know, meth is big out there, but meth heads are pretty friendly. You know, um, that's a whole nother conversation, the opioid epidemic and how this relates to the opioid epidemic. Another time though. But um so yeah, that's what I would suggest, Obadiah. Um if you're not in New York right now, don't go to New York. You know, um you don't know what the borders are gonna be like. And unless you're going up well anyway you go into New York, you gotta go over a bridge, whether it's the Tappan Zee or the George Washington or you go through a tunnel, you gotta you're gonna have to pretty much go over some water and it's very easy for them to lock those those down so you could go to new york and unless you keep going up north and then go west you could get stuck in new york um so that that would be my my recommendation there um i'm gonna answer before i get back to what i was saying uh is there any type of soap soap to pack in the bug out bag yeah you know um i'm a huge fan of of wet wipes flushable wet wipes Right. So I keep flushable wet wipes because you can use them for so many different things. You know, um, I'm kind of like Denzel Washington in um, Book of Eli. Like I've used KFC wet wipes to do my whole thing. You know, (laughs) I definitely have washed with wet wipes on the road and felt great afterwards. Like I was thoroughly clean, you know. So, um, you know, I try to keep things compressed. So I would say like wet wipes are great. Um, small things of soap, travel size soap is fine too, but you want something that lathers a lot, you know? Um, so for me, I like, I'll give you some more of my stuff. Um, I take hotel shampoos, you know? Um, and I think those make great soap substitutes because they're small and they lather a lot. The one thing that you want to be mindful of though, is getting things that are unscented, you know? Um, because... Again, depending on the environment that you're in, you know, I'll give you a great example. Uh, I used to do, um, 
years ago, I used to do personal security, right? It's like bodyguard work, you guys might know. And I used to work with this guy. Um, yeah, he, well, he was an older head. I guess he was, he was like the age I am now. But um, real, real cool guy. Um, he was in the Vietnam War. And he never talked to anybody. Like, he was always, like, he was on it back then, like, the survival. He was always to himself. But for some reason, he loved, he would just talk to me all the time. And uh, I didn't, I would just listen. I didn't talk much. But uh, I was, like, the only one he would, he would rock with. So he used to tell me all these stories of how to survive, like how to walk through the woods without leaving trails. And he learned this from a, uh, um, a Vietnamese brother when he was over there. It was uh, a guy who was working with the American soldiers because the, the Viet Cong had killed his family. And he used to fight with a bow and, an arrow, a bow and arrow. And he would be there with them, right? So this... This guy, I don't want to say his name. Well, his name was Eddie. You know, you never gonna know him. So Eddie, <laughs> uh, you won't find him. But uh, so Eddie used to tell me, like, you know, um, he used to tell him all the time, like, when you wash, don't use soap, because one of the ways that we sneak around you guys all the time is because we can smell you coming a mile away from the perfume and your soaps. So that was something that always stuck with me, you know. Um, either not using soap, using very little, or using unscented soap. So that way you can, you know, you're not necessarily putting off an alarm that I'm here, all right? So that's in terms of soap that you could you can look at. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of hand sanitizer. So usually I will forego soap for hand sanitizer, and I will use the hand sanitizer like soap because, again, if there's any kind of issues, ticks and things like that, you know, you're, you're a little quicker to help get that stuff off of you. All right. Um, so, I'll, would you recommend salt or rubbing alcohol for potential cut scrapes and disinfectant? Hand sanitizer takes you right there again. Um, but you can also, what I would recommend is actually to put in your bug out bag is a first aid kit. All right, and you can get like the cheap, like a ten dollar first aid kit from the store, and it will do what you need to do in terms of band aids and things like that. You know, again, remember, you're not living out of your bug out bag. It's just for a couple of days until you get to hopefully you you have a bug out location, which we're going to get to in a second. All right. So, um, yes, I did say, Hassan, that you should stay near rivers if possible. But just also know that other people may be staying near rivers, which brings us to what Hoodoo Cultism asked about. What about packing a handgun and ammo? Okay, so you should have a gun. Everybody should have a gun. Should have been had a gun. Now, um, some of us cannot register firearms. Again, I'm give some of my own personal stuff. I can't. I can't own a registered firearm. All right. So, if you're a person that um, has certain kind of felonies in your past, or um, you're still on probation, you have violent crime, you have violent felonies things like that, um, and depending on the state that you live in, you will not be able to register um, a handgun. Now, here's the thing, though. A lot of states, over a certain period of time, usually it's like 10 years, you can actually register a carry and conceal. You can get a carry and conceal permit. Um, and some states require governor clemency. All right, But 
that sounds like a big deal. It's not really that big a deal. It just depends on the state you're in. Like New York is very difficult to to own a registered firearm. You know, so like the South, yeah, it's no big deal. Everybody, even children, walk around with guns. In New York and places like that, it's, it's hard. So you might want to consider that even in terms of like where you situate yourself, right? What are the gun gun laws like? Gun laws in places like um, Kentucky and Arkansas, West Virginia. You could, West Virginia, you get to carry a permit like that. You know, and carry permits are really, it's carrying conceal is the one. Because by law, you can carry a firearm. You know, if it's in plain view, that you're allowed to do that. But I don't want to get into that too much because um, in a survival situation, it's not just about what's legal, especially when you have a national state of emergency and the Constitution is suspended anyway. Not that it, it's not all the time. Whole another conversation. But you want to, you want to, you want to be smart. You know, you want to be intelligent. Um, so as far as uh, guns and ammo, my suggestion first for those of you who may be in a situation um, where you want to have a registered firearm and can't have one, if you want to have a registered firearm. Um, if your spouse, if, if, if they can get uh, uh, a carry permit, then as long as it's, you know, one in the family. <laughs> so that's kind of my thing, you know. So if some of you women um, have felonies or violent felonies, CO2 BB guns, you're just going to piss people off in prestige. Okay. Um, if you're going to try to go that route, you're better off with a pellet gun. And even then, you could just really be pissing people off. They're really good for hunting. <laughs> if you want to hunt small game, you know, use a pellet gun. But for the most part, um, you're going to just piss people off. All right. So, um, um, so yeah. So in a situation like that, if some of you females, you have violent felonies in your past, you know, and, and things like that, then you might want to see if your your husband, if he can actually get the um, the permit. Uh, you have something in the in the house, um, and again, that's if you want to have a registered firearm. You know, one thing to consider is that once you re you, you register at your local precinct, if something were to happen and they wanted to collect the firearms of the people around you, they are, <laughs> you know, like I don't have to keep going with that one. All right, so um, me, I don't own any guns. I, I don't. I ain't got no guns. I have nothing. All right. I don't even have a knife longer than three inches. You know. Um, so you know. But um, yeah. So that's something as far as guns and ammo. If you can carry that, yeah, definitely have that with you. Um, now the type of guns we could get into at another time, um, depending on if you're male or female, if you have experience shooting and things like that. Um, a lot of survivalists, they, um, they ask questions about, um, or not questions, I'm sorry, they will recommend like 380s and stuff to women because they're smaller. I'm not a big fan of the 380 because they just jam too much. You know, um, they just jam too much. You're better off getting a small revolver, you know, or um, just kick it up to a 9, you know what I mean? But if you want, if you want to go that route, we, this is not a talk about guns. But I'm not a I'm I'm not a huge 380 fan. If I were to own a, a firearm, um, I've had 380s in the past when I did own firearms, and 
I've been in some situations where um, I could have gotten really hurt because of a jamming 380, you know. Um, so, yeah. So I would just say that. But you can go to, like, a gun range and, you know, say what you want. Right now, you ain't going to get nothing. <laughs> You're not going to get anything right now. So you better off, again, just a good... Um, no, 22 is not too weak. No, no, 22 is not too weak at all. You know, here's the thing when it comes to weapons. Let me just say this. I'm going to say I'm gonna say two things. And we're going to get back to the bug out bag, but I said I would answer your questions. If you have to use your weapon, depending on the situation, chances are you already did something wrong, right? So if the person is coming to your home and you are now in the house having a shootout, whether you got a, a 45, 22, 9mm, or um, an assault rifle, it doesn't really matter because if you're really, if your mind is really on preparedness, you're setting up your property and your home in a way where people, you know, they're kind of gonna they're gonna be deterred at the gate. They're gonna know like, no, don't come here. Don't whatever you're thinking about doing, don't come here to do it, right? So um, that's something you want you want to think about. A lot of people talk about, you know, they stack a lot of guns in their home and thing like that. And by then, it's too late. But if you're having shootouts on your property and stuff like that, it's too late. All right? So that's just something to think of. You know, um, a dog is great. Man, a dog is, or two dogs, excellent protection. You know, uh, whether you have them in the house, you have them in the yard, or if you just walk in the streets with them, I'm going to tell you this, nine times out of ten, I'd rather walk with, with, with two vicious dogs than with a gun. You, you know, it's just it's just a better way to go. But as far as, like, is a certain gun too small? No, because the truth is, again, in most situations, once you brandish the weapon, people will think twice, twice about what it is that they want to do. i tell you a situation that happened to me once. Um, I was getting ready to get into a situation with someone where I was going to hurt them. And um, right when I was getting ready to, to raise, and he was kind of, he was there with, like, his friends will say, and I was like, I don't care because, and I said it out loud, like nobody here can beat me. So I'm getting ready to, to go and handle him. And then his friend comes to the side of me. Cause I'm all full of, I'm, I'm younger back then, but I'm all full of bravado. And you know, his friend comes and puts a knife on the side of my eye right here, you know, <laughs> and was like, you know, like, let's go. What? And I immediately slow things down in my mind, right? You know, because just him brandishing the weapon, it was like, you know, you start thinking, <laughs> you start thinking like, how important, how important is this situation? You know, how important really, um, really is this? You know, so a lot of times just by having um, the weapon, and I'm not saying if you're going to pull something, be ready to use it, but. A lot of times, um, having it will kind of change the dynamics of the situation. So you don't need to, like, the question you ask, like, oh, if I have a 22, am I not safe? If, as opposed to if I'm, if I'm running around with a 40 cal, you know, no. Nah. You know, um, sometimes just by, by pulling out the weapon, um, you know, a person will kind of think. You know, so like I said, when he put, he put the, um, the blade on the side, and it wasn't a, it was a small blade, because we, we were, uh, I'm telling some of my stuff. We were, we were, I was in jail at the time, you know? So, um, it was just a little, little piece of, uh, piece of metal 
he had. But once he did that, and I'm still thinking like, okay, this is how I'm going to disarm him. Then I'm going to go to here. But then I'm also thinking like, how many other, how many of the rest of them have bangers too? They might all have hawks, and I'm here by myself. You know, so that slowed the situation up to the point I didn't put my hands on him, right? So you kind of want to think about that sometimes too. Don't be too stressed about what, but you know, just like your bug out bag, you don't have to have the perfect bug out bag to start somewhere, right? Um, but don't just be pulling weapons on people. <laughs> you know, don't just do that. And don't get starter pistols and stuff like that. I had a friend years ago, he used to run around with the starter pistol. And uh, I thought it was a real gun until, um, uh, I'm telling some of my stuff now, but we had gotten locked up. And the, and the cop was like, Andy, Andy's got a starter pistol. I was like, starter pistol? <laughs> you know, that was how I was relieved. Because we didn't get caught with a, with, you know, with with a gun, but at the same time, now I'm like all them different situations we were in, and that wasn't your real gun, you know. This is a long time ago when I was young, and, and you know, before I was chief, you, yeah. All right, so, um, so now, so let's get back to what we what we're talking about. Um, so guns and ammo, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think there might have been some other things in there. If I'm missing it, you know. Please blame blame it on my on, on my my head and not my my heart. Um, yeah, but yeah, as far as weapons, man, men, your you, your wife should be able to, to shoot, and your older son should be able to shoot. Everybody should, should at least know how to shoot. They don't have to have their own pistols, but they should know how to how to handle a pistol and how to respect one, which is really really more important than anything. Always understand that young boys they're gonna have a fascination with guns. That's just how we are. You know, um, so they need to be taught that that respect for those firearms uh, early on. But again, bug out bag, right? So you got your food, you got your water, maps. You know, I know you're so used to going to your phone and GPSing and looking things up. But again, in certain type of situations, it could be an EMP strike and, you know, electromagnetic pulse. And your phone is not working or the towers are down or... <laughs> They hit a switch and say, no, we don't want them communicating, you know, and I want you to think about now if you can visualize if if you couldn't access the Internet right now or you couldn't access high speed data or data, period, how much would that change your world? And what I mean by that is um, who would you not be able to get in touch with? Right. Because. Your phones are not analog anymore. I think I had the last analog phone in New York um, about two, three years ago. One of my phone lines in one of my places, uh, I finally decided to switch over to digital. Maybe I shouldn't even did it, but um, it took forever. And I was like, why is this taking so long? They were like, because, sir, you're on a copper line. I'm like, what? It was like, yeah, there's a, you're the only wire. <laughs> there's a wire going into the building. You are still on a copper line. You know, I've had that phone number for a very long time, right? So it, it took like they had to do all kind of magic to get it off off the physical copper line and onto a digital digital one. Um, but, again, you want to think about, yeah, well, what if the Internet goes down? Even for my family members or loved ones that are not that far away, you want to consider that, right? So... They have, you can get a walkie-talkie, which should you know be in your bug out bag. Now, for me, I keep um, I keep them in a charging station, right? So you can buy like you can buy like you can buy some some stations where they'll charge six, 
and then some will like will come with like two two walkies with it or three walkies with it and then you could just add on to it you know you can fill up you can fill up so if you want to have you know you might have a larger family whatever you might want to have four or five different walkie talkies and they have a lot of them that will have like a 20 mile range you know which is pretty good if you're not able to use the cell phone or for whatever reason you might have to toss your cell phone you know and whatnot um those are like cheap they're inexpensive so that answers your question holistic healing works why walkie talkies they're cheap you know um and you can get it all different kind again you get the long range now here's another thing you want to have in your bug out bag whistles every member of the family should have a whistle and every and every family should have a code or a set of codes that you use with those whistles so if I hear three sharp things, that means something. If I hear two, that means something else. If I hear, you know, one and then two, you, you know, you, you work out the math however you want to do it. Um, what those, what those, those noises um, or what those whistles actually mean. You know, you don't want to just be shouting out, like, I can't remember the combination to the safe. You know, like, you don't need to be telling people that. So you can, you know, whistles are very, are very good to have. Um, but like I said, also maps. Uh, maps of your local area, of course, you should always be running routines with your children and with your family where you're learning how to move around in your local area or how to get to the, for me, it's always, how do I get to the woods? How do I get to the woods? You know, um, so you definitely want to have things like maps. National maps are great to have as well, you know, just to get a sense of, of the main roads and things like that. All right. So, um, again, I can't go through the whole list again, but, you know, we, we, we talked about, you know, the different kind of foods that you would have. You would definitely have some food in your bug out bag. You definitely have some maps in your bug out bag. You definitely have some plastic in your bug out, bug out bag, some tarps, plastic tarps. Um, you can get those from like the dollar store, the cheap little ones that you use for, um, painting and they come in, in different thicknesses, obviously, but you can have those in you. And I'm giving you like, an easy start for your bug out bag because this stuff can get expensive. Like you could, it can well run tens and twenties thousand dollars. See some people get pallets of this and pallets of that. And you know, you can never be over prepared. So I'm not criticizing that, but I'm saying right now, right now you're in a situation where you're not going to run up into your store. I don't care where you're at and you're not going to buy two months worth of water. Right? So that's just not going to happen you know or certain things may be overpriced so if for any reason if your local government tomorrow said okay we're doing a shutdown um and anybody caught outside because what happens if you're caught outside we haven't gotten to that part yet you know or like in san francisco they did a lockdown but san francisco has a huge homeless population so where are they locking down at to tell them go back inside your tent don't come out your tent stay under the bridge or will they round them up and bring them to a work camp? We're not going to do conspiracy theories. All right. Yeah, we're not going to do that. So, um, again, if you have to move quickly, this the information I'm giving you right now is like, okay, I got to bug out or I got to leave. I got to evacuate. What are the things that I can get right now? Um, so, again, you want to have those things that I mentioned, the maps. You also, I would advise you all to get little small alcohol stoves. Um, you can get those out of camping goods, supplies. Um, I've seen them in dollar stores again. Uh, and and I, let me add this. You know, like I told you, thrift stores are an excellent resource. 
dollar stores are an excellent resource. I was in a dollar store the other day, and, like, it was water there, like, you know, gallons of water, no signs, the saying to just take one. Because most people don't think. If you go to even, like, um, depending on the part of the com- country, and you may have Wawa or 7-Eleven, a quick check, but all of these 24-hour spots you can go off the highway stuff, they all have water. Now, they're more, so whereas the supermarket, it may be a dollar per gallon. In those places, it's like a dollar eighty-nine, dollar ninety-nine, but it's there, right? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember <laughs> where I was. Um, I don't remember, so I'm just going to skip past the next thing. I don't remember where I was. So, um, another thing that you want to keep in, in your supply is you want to keep um, tent. Oh, I was saying a tarp. That's what it was, a tarp, plastic tarp. Right, so the thing I wanted to bounce off with you with the tarp, um, ponchos, right? So I'm, me, I'm a big fan of rain, of, of rain ponchos. And the reason why I'm a big fan of rain ponchos, and this goes to something I said earlier where you could play with it. Remember when I said earlier, don't get tactical bags because they, they give away the fact that either you might be military or you might be prepared, you know? Um, well... If you get a rain poncho, a lot, a lot of times you can put the poncho, you put it on, and you can put it over the back of your backpack, right? So in that sense, you're covering everything you have, right? So I'm a, me, I'm a big fan of rain ponchos for, you know, survivalism. And plus, because they, they fold up really small, and you can also use them for shelter. So let's say if you get somewhere, you can use the plastic, you can use the rain poncho, either one. But if you get somewhere, you can set up like between two trees um, and you can basically just. Um, sorry, I got a lot of big, big wasp and stuff showing me a lot of love. But you can basically use the poncho that you were wearing and you can stretch it out overhead and use it for shelter. OK, so um, as a result, so for me, I like ponchos a, a lot because I could use them in place of a tarp. Um, and I can use them also to con- to conceal, like my backpack or whatever. For ponchos, I'm a big fan of green or brown, right? Um, because, again, for the stealth. Book bags, gray. Gray, beige, colors that, you know, again, are going to re- um, bounce off a lot of sunlight, not get too hot, things like that. But then at the same time, I can blend and I look like, you know, like just a regular guy moving around and not necessarily somebody who is ready to tough it out for the next two, three months in the woods. You know, I don't, I don't want to look like that. Right. Um, so the, yeah, so that's the deal with that. And then I was saying alcohol, alcohol stoves before, excuse me, which are just very small. They're very small stoves. And, um, you can get those out of a lot of different places. Those are good to have, to have one or two of those, with you if you need to create a fire you need to heat up some water or cook some food or something really quick you know and again if you're moving with your family then it might be like you might have three or four of those right so you'll be able to kind of um hold yourself over without creating a whole lot of smoke and, and and a whole lot of uh bright fire for people to come in and see what you're doing all right so those are some of the things you would have in your bug out bag like i said rainproof poncho uh sunglasses very important to have in your bug out bag. If you are on any prescription medication or, you know, and I, me, I'm an advocate of not only having prescription medication inside of your bug out bag, but even non-prescription medication. Now, 
let me let me give you some clarity on that one too. As I don't eat meat, I also don't take any drugs, right? So um, aspirins and ibuprofen, Advil. I don't know drugs well. <laughs> I only know like three of them. I know there's aspirin, ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol. I don't know anymore. I think there's something for, for Robitussin. Yeah, that's all I know. All right. So you could tell I'm I'm not in that 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 world. I don't really know any any um drugs and stuff. I can tell you some herbs, <laughs> but I don't know too many drugs. But I have some. I have some in my bug out bag as well as some cigarettes. And the reason being, I don't smoke cigarettes. Um, these are great things to trade in an emergency situation. These are great things that you could trade for other things, right? Um, whether it be over-the-counter medicine or prescription medicine. Now, if you have certain prescriptions, keep those things with you, right? Um, and again, some things have an expiration date. Periodically, you should be going through your bug out bag anyway to re-up on certain things. So you would do that then. Um, but also some, some people, you know, they want certain diabetes medicine and stuff like that, which is going to be a whole nother kind of issue, you know, going forward. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll deal with the little bit that we're dealing with now. Right. So, um, yeah, your medicines, you want to have sunglasses, right? So of course, another pair of subscription prescription glasses, they don't have to be stylish. In fact, I'm a fan of having goggles in your bug out bag, right? So, you know, prescription goggles. Because you never know the situation that you're in. You don't want to be, you know, dropping your glasses and stuff like that and, and not being able to see. So you get some some goggles. You know, it's not really about, you know, styling, <laughs> per se, right? Um, and if you can do prescription sunglasses, that's also a very good move. The reason being is because depending on the environment that you might be in, let's say, for instance, like um, Brother Obadiah, you asked earlier about, bugging out like let's say if you bug out and you you are in a, in upstate new york or you're in your montana's or just anywhere where it snows right um when you're depending on the situation that you're in it could be very bright the snow and it could be very fatiguing on the eyes so one of the, the, the key things even though you're packing essentials in your bug out bag you want to make sure that you're packing for comfort you want to make sure that you're packing for comfort because those things, when you're uncomfortable, my, my shoes hurt, you know, I'm, I'm squinting, I'm kind of blind. Um, I didn't pack anything for, like, if you're a person like me, you got big lips, you know, and you want to pack some so your lips are not chapped and split and, and, and things like that, which will now create a certain discomfort and will kind of confuse the thinking. One of the things I want you to keep in mind is that when you're bugging out, chances are there's already a level of panic. I mean, think about the panic that's happening right now. And the things that people are getting, they don't even need right now. But they're, they're panicking like they do need them. Like, okay, let's say you do have to shelter in. Do you think that the water's going to get turned off for any reason right now? It's not. The water's not going to be off anytime soon. We'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, so just think about you're in a situation. Your house is on fire. There's a flood. You got to move. There's martial law, civil unrest. Think about the panic your mind is already going to be in. So you want your bag to be set up in a way for one that is easy to get to everything and there's a certain level of comfort that you're that you're immediately providing for yourself. And especially if you have children, right? And I and I'm gonna give you an example. Some of some of you guys have children who you have um 
you have initiated sugar addictions inside of them. Your, your children are addicts because of you. You strung them out. So in your bug out bag, you already know you're going to have to have some type of sugar treat because you don't want a child. You moving and you got a young child and they're miserable and, ah, I don't want, and they making noise and stuff like that. You know, uh, just here, just shove this, <laughs> you know, these gummy worms in his mouth. <laughs> you know, because, you know, you don't, you don't already got them strung out. So I know that sounds crazy, but um, you don't want to use a preparedness situation to now be dealing with your vices. I got to be honest with you. If you have a caffeine addiction or a nicotine addiction, things like that, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're handling some of those things now, right? That's extremely important. Um, I would say, uh, so, so again, be mindful of what you're packing. Now, let me just also say that with, with that, if you have a caffeine addiction or a nicotine addiction, take care of it now, right? Um, prepare in times for war in times of peace, you know, so you don't want to be tethered to anything. If you can, if you're on medication, try to tether yourself off of the medita- medication. If, if you know you need to eat right, you need to get more rest, you need to drink more water in order to get yourself off the pills that the doctor is giving you, just do that because those things will localize you. You know, well, I can't go too far. I can't go too deep in the woods with you guys because I got to get my stuff or this or that, that you know, so... For the as best you can. Again, and we're talking about a bug out situation where you gotta, you gotta, you gotta boogie, right? Um. So again, that's that's dealing with some of those things and, and some of the vices, right? For your bug out bag, and it's more that you would put in the bag. I don't, but I'm sake of time. I want to get to some of the other things that you need to keep in mind of. But at least have like, if, if for some of you who have family, sit down, have a conversation, like you know, maybe show this. Um, this video, you know, say, all right, well, you know, chief was talking about this. Like, what do we have? You know, maybe you got book bags now, you know, and let me, let me say this. Um, you should have a bug out bag in all of your vehicles. I would even suggest for those of you who are still at work and even once, cause once this is over, it's not over. What did I tell you at the beginning of the year? It's going to, it's going to get worse. Things progressively get worse. So now the sun comes out waiting for this okay so now i can't even see your comments <laughs> but um maybe i could see them over here but is it coming is it staying out well i'm i'm thankful for a little bit i got that felt good um so yeah you should have a small bug out bag in your car you don't have to have the full set that you would have at the house but you should have your essentials in your car again copies of your id and when i say copies of your id i'm also talking about copies of, of birth certificates copies of death certificates, right? Because it may be a situation, let's say you have an elder and you're on, you're on a death certificate or whatever, and they have land somewhere and you're bugging out to that land. You haven't been in a long time and you need to be able to prove relation. I don't have the original death certificate. I don't have my original birth certificate. I have these copies. With that being said, and I'm sure this is going to, you know, once you put things on, on YouTube and stuff, they're there forever. So this is going to change. Um, as, but I want you to think about, um, what I'm saying just in terms of concept, the technology will probably change over the years, but for now, the best way I would say is to keep flash drives of all of your important flash drive copies of all of your important documentation. Now, the reason I'm saying, I know that's going to change because technology changes. 
It may be just you keep a chip of your document, <laughs> that implanted chip. <laughs> so uh, maybe that might be why you're on the run because you won't take the chip. You know, that could be a part of the whole reason why you're having to, to bug out. But, um, yeah, in any event, um, so, yeah, you want to keep copies of all your important stuff, not just paper cut. You want that, but even a flash drive. You don't know what the, the, the electrical situation would be. Maybe someone can't plug it in, but eventually, maybe. And on that flash drive, not only do you want to have um, all of your, your, um, you know, your, your critical documentation for you and your family and stuff like that, but also usernames, passwords. You can put that in, a, in an encrypted file with a password. But for all your different stuff, your bank account, things like that, bank account numbers, um, username and passwords to log in, things like that. Maybe if you have a standing, if you have a safe at home, um, combinations, things like that, that should be in the bug out bag as well on, on a drive. Okay. Um, as well as like emergency contact numbers that, that goes without, um, you should have that on you at, at all times. Right. Um, so now let's get into a scenario and there's more things you can add to the bag. You know, again, like I said, I'm sparking a conversation willfully, and um, you will come up with more things. But remember, keep it light and keep it to essentials. Keep it to essentials. That's that's so important. Like, you know, you don't have to have, like, your specialty items. And, you know, I like my... Da, 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 da. Keep it to the essentials, you know, if if you can. Um, you don't need to pack up your entire shrine and all your spiritual books. I need my, my metaphysical books. No, you don't. You don't need your metaphysical books. Um... <laughs> Uh, and most of that stuff you can store digitally on that flash, that flash drive. If there's certain holy books that you want to make sure you have access to, you know, um, put them on a flash drive, right? Um, it, let me not say that. I'm about to say something funny. Anyway, let's get back to, the, to what we were saying. So now let's say the situation is such where you can't bug out or it doesn't make sense and you have to bunker in. And you gotta, you have to kind of make things happen where you are. And I'm, matter of fact, before we go to the next thing, let me get to your next. If there's any other questions, and then I'll go to your next. Uh, give me a second. I just need, I just need to scan real quick. I'm sorry. Um, radios are good, Chief. Yes, you should have one now. I've been doing uh, ham radios for years. You know, have one now. Um. And just listen to the shortwave. You know, I don't know if new radios can do that, but when I was younger, radios had a dial, and you could tune into the shortwave stations. But I don't know. It was, you know, we talking about back in the days when stuff wasn't stuff. We didn't have as much stuff to do, <laughs> so it's different. You know, you might so just sitting there going through the dial and hearing someone like that was that was cool, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, get used to like engaging with that type of thing now. Um, let me see. Uh, dandelion root for coffee replacement. Okay, you're talking about the herbs, sure. And this is again why I said I'm a fan of like dates mixed with peanut butter, stuff like that. Dry dates, they last forever. The peanut butter lasts forever. You know, you get your sugar fix, you get your carbs, and you get your protein right there. Right? But again, everybody is is different. Some of you may want that beef jerky. Like I said, a lot of survivalists will suggest beef jerky. 
to get the protein from the meat. That's if that's your thing. I don't I don't need the meat, you know. But um, and beef jerky's got like so much. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if it could be classified as meat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By the time they they cook that stuff down with ammonia, it's got so much ammonia in it, and it dies, and you know. So I don't know. But you know, I'm I'm not gonna disparage these down if that's what you want to use. Um, travel by boat, yeah. I'm a huge, huge advocate um, of getting your, I mean, you don't, well, depending on your state, like where I'm at, um, uh, I work to get my boat endorsement. I actually took some classes, but you actually don't need it to um, to pilot a boat, right? So I really just worked on it because I wanted to um, take the classes, you know, it was an excuse to take the classes, but uh, the pilot a boat, you don't really, you don't really, it's not like a plane, but you know, you can just get in a boat and go. You know, um, but certain endorsements allow you to go in certain areas, you know, with your boat, you know, that you wouldn't be able to. But in a survival situation, I don't think anybody's really going to care. But again, a survival situation is, is relative too. survival situation could be you just got into a situation and you need some time to think. It might be an OJ situation. You riding down the highway. I got to think. So there's all kind of different forms of survival situations. Um Right. So, all right. I don't think this question's. If, if there are more, I'm sorry. Tents are good and portable stoves. Yeah, I think I, I specified that. And I, if I didn't say it before, you should have tents. You have these little portable tents that you can utilize. That should be in your bug out bag. But again, if you have plastic tarp and you have a poncho, you pretty much have your tent, right? But if you have some space, you can get those little small portable tents. They're just shelters. And you basically can just put them up on a stick that you find or um, you would use like a like line, which you could basically use like um, laundry line or clothing line. And you would basically tie one to one tree and one to another tree and then just put it over it. And now you have your shelter. OK, so keep it simple. You know, what I mean, you don't need to be out there making a, um, a tent. Now, as far as like if you have space for it, a great multi um purpose tool that i would suggest that you bring with you is a machete a machete is like you can do anything with a machete you can farm with the machete um you can protect yourself with the machete of course um but you can cut down trees with the machete you know machetes are very durable and they really don't break and they're not expensive and they're very easy to sharpen as well so i would suggest you know a machete is a great tool and also it's good to keep people up off, <laughs> up off of you. You know, um, I can tell you some stories about machetes, but machetes have held me down seriously in the past from um, incurring bod bodily harm. So, machete. All right. So now, um, let's get to if you got to stay indoors, right? If, if you can't go, now you can't leave, which is situation for some of you right now, I'm sure, right? Um so you would you would have all the things that I just mentioned still. Um, oh, also your bug out bag, you should have a sleeping bag. I'm sorry, I didn't mention sleeping bags. Like I said, I'm, I'm moving fast. Um, but there should be a sleeping bag. Me, I'm a big fan of wool blankets. One wool blanket will get you through just about anything. You know, um, wool blankets are very effective. But sleeping bags are awesome too because, like, especially if you have small children, one sleeping bag, put both of them in a sleeping bag and their body heat will keep each other warm, they're good. 
All right. So um, sleeping bags are awesome, you know. Um, but anyway, and just remember, like, if you're bugging out and you're sleeping outside, you want to find as many opportunities as you can to stay off the ground because the ground apps acts as an absorptive, it's an insulator. So even if you're just one inch off the ground or if you can put down like some moss or get some leaves, like a lot of leaves and put them down, it will keep keep your body warmer because the, the, literally the earth absorbs the heat from your body, right? So that's just kind of something to keep in mind. If you can find a deck or a porch to sleep on, you're doing much better, all right, than just sleeping on the, on, on the straight ground if you have a choice, if you have a choice, all right? So um, if you have to stay indoors, right? Um, yeah, tree cutting wire, actually, that's another thing because I have that in my bag now. You have the wire hacksaws that you can use if you need to cut a tree. It's just basically like a wire, but it has blades. It has teeth on it, and you can use it to cut down trees and things like that. So that's another thing, um, and I actually do have that. Um, I also have a small fishing kit, and I also have an, a utility knife that inside of it, uh, it has a compass on the top. I'm a big fan of having compasses on you. Everything I'm saying, just just write a note on it. You know, like I said, just blame it on on this. And not that I don't mean to leave things out, but I'm just trying to move quickly. Um, but I have a knife. I got a nice knife that has a sheet. On the top of it is a, is a compass, and inside I have other gear like plastic tarp, as well as some fishing wire and hooks and things like that, which answers the question about fishing poles. You don't really need a pole. You just you know you can just have some nylon and a hook. And, and you can fish with that. Got that from Rambo. All right. <laughs> That's when I got that knife. Uh, I've had that knife for when it, when it Rambo come out, like 1986, 85. That's when I got that knife. Um, he had the same one. And he took it and he stuck it in the ground and he knew which way. I was like, oh, I need that. <laughs> I need that. You know, um, so I have a couple of those, actually. And I would suggest, too, like you fathers. Um, get your, get your children, uh, utility knives, you know, like, you know, teach them how to use them and things like that. You can get the small ones, but get them used to having things on them where they need to strip some wire or stuff like that, or cut through something or, you know, get them used to kind of, kind of having that on them. Um, it's never a bad idea. And women, you should, you should have utility knives as well. Multi-purpose knives really come in handy more than just using a cork thing to, to, to get to pop wine bottles. All right. So now. We're stuck indoors. We're stuck indoors. Here's the first thing I'm going to tell you about um, being indoors. You want to you wanna make sure that your environment is defendable. That's really important. Like, you know, you might say, well, I'm home. I'm going to grow some food in my garden. You know, people are going to come take your food. They're going to take your food. All right. So um, as on a side note, we're growing food. You might want to look in the hydroponics, you know, where you can hydroponic setup. You can set up anywhere. You know, it could be in your basement, as usually it is. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that out. I was gonna say something funny, but um, yeah, you can grow. You can with hydroponic. You can grow food anywhere. You know, um, so in your home, you should have a seed bank, a seed bank. You know, um, start collecting seeds. Seeds are not expensive at all. Yeah, fire starters too. I forgot in prestige. Um, what I would tell you to get is to get a ferro rod for starting fire. But I already told you get the waterproof matches and get the lighters. But get a ferro rod. Ferro rod, it's a you, you, you can hit it with your knife and it, it casts off sparks. Um see this is, I'm not trying to go into every detail. There's a lot. Like steel wool is another thing you should always have in your bug out bag because you can use it to start fires. I'm trying not to hit every little detail though. But 
just get a ferro rod. They're not expensive. They're very cheap. They last forever. And the sparks that come off of them are up to 2,500 degrees. That's how, how hot the sparks are that come off of your ferro rod. So you'll be able to start a fire easy with that, and especially if you have some steel wool. Um, another trick is Frito-Lays, you know, the ones that people eat. They're saturated with oil. You can use them like candles and like lighters. Um, I like to always keep a little bit of vegetable oil on me. I use that as well as candles. Candles and vegetable candle, and I'm using the candles for the wax and the vegetable oil because you can you can start things quicker that way and it can hold the flame and while things are setting up. But let me, I don't want to like get into all my tricks and stuff because it's going to take too long. Um, back to... Um, you got you to gotta bug in, as we call it. You're at the house. Now, here's the first thing a lot of people are doing that you're wasting time with is the water thing. Everybody's buying spring water. You normally don't wash your nether regions with spring water. You get into the shower, you use tap water to, to, to clean your point, you know, and to clean everything. So you don't have to do this mad dash at the store right now. Oh, my battery's dying. It's what it is. I'm going to go into the battery dies. Um, you don't have to do this mad dash to get um, all of this water right now. Because the reality is fill your, fill your containers up with tap water. Now, right now, the water storage containers are very expensive on because they jacked up the prices. Um, whereas you could get like a seven-gallon container for like 11 12 bucks with free shipping. They're like $40, $50 now. So I would I would urge you to skip past that. Um, again, there's water that you might use for drinking, and there's water that you may use for for bathing. Truth be told, you could use your garbage can outside filled with a plastic bag and seal it up. Oh, your bug out bag should have duct tape. I was trying not to keep going back to every little thing. Duct tape is like manna from heaven. It's like a, it's like WD forty. You know, um, you could use it for everything. But duct tape is tape is good um, for cuts. You might have a cut. It's good if you got a cut in your coat or something. You need to repair it. Um, if somebody's getting a little sassy, you need to you know. Nah. <laughs> but uh, duct tape is it's another good emergency thing to have. All right. Um, anyway, so let's get back to what we were saying. So having some form of wax is really good on to have on you, or some form of oil can help. That's extra stuff. You know, but again, if you have it in, in the house, it's good to help you to um, start and maintain uh, fires and things like that. Um, so water. So some type of water storage um, ability is, is really helpful. Uh, you can get plastic barrels, right? Again, if you're bugging in, because remember, again, a gallon of water per person. So if you have a family that has five people, in it, that's five gallons of water you're going to use a day. Now, let's say, for instance, um, they're telling you you have to bug in for two months. That's 300 gallons of water, right? Now, yeah, if you buy in a bunch of <laughs> bottles, that's, you know, it's, that's pretty difficult. But um, 300, 300 gallons of water is six barrels. You know, it's, it's it, and a lot of the barrels are stackable if you do it right, you know, and... Um, you'll probably still be getting water during that time. Now, you know, um, buying water is good from now. Honestly, I'm going to tell you the, the best reason to have the water now is for the bottles. I'll be totally honest with you. It's just the bottles because you'll be able to collect water. And, again, I, 
let's just say with this situation, your water's not going to get turned off. And if you got to drink some tap water, just drink the tap water. You've done worse. You know what I mean? So it's not that big a deal. But I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to lessen any of your, your survival, um, mechanisms or tactics. Um, but yeah, that's how much water you need a day. Use barrels, use rain catchment. It's illegal in most places to catch rainwater. What are they going to do? All right, find me. Whatever. You know, catch the rainwater. Um, catch the rainbow. So, yeah, what you want to do is you want to catch that rainwater. You want to use barrel uh, containment, which is really good for the water. As far as food, again, I think it's obvious. <laughs> I think everybody knows at this point is about dry goods. And the reason I'm laughing because the dry goods are, are gone on the, sh- <laughs> the shelves right now. So I think everyone's hip to that one. I don't think I really need to go too deep into that one. Um, your canned foods are like, again, those are some of your strongest things you're going to have, especially for you meat eaters, your canned meats, because canned foods pretty much last forever. They just lose, um, some of their flavor and things like that. Once you eat, eat them past the suggested expiration, but they really don't expire. That's why they'll say best if eat and buy, but you can, you can keep rock, you know, you can, you can eat spam. You know, from World War One, you know, you'll be all right. It just won't taste that great. Um, as our new people, though, we don't eat unclean animals. So I don't care if you're in a survival situation or not. You don't need to eat it. You're not going to need to eat it. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I suggest one meal a day. Start practicing on that even now, one meal a day. So, you, so you're not losing your mind because you didn't have your midday fix. My battery's going to die like any second. So, um... It might have already died. So let's see. All right. So look, I'm not going to be able to finish talking about bunkering in because that's actually probably a longer talk than what I just gave you. We're at two hours already. So um, I'm going to come back and do this. I'm not going to eat up any more of my day with this. All right. We're going to do it another time. For now, just work on your bug in your bug out bags. Work on your bug out bags. I've been getting a lot of phone calls and text messages, stuff, emails. Chief, what should we should we do? I'm telling you what to do, and people are trying to figure out where I'm at. If they can come where I'm at, no. I'm sorry. Like I've been telling you what to do. I've been telling you to join the ministry. I've been telling you about the different initiatives, and I know that once this is over, you're going to be going anyway. It's got to be in your heart. Like I say, it's got to be in you and not on you. If you want to be our new and you want to be here with us, it's got to be in you. It can't just be something you're doing for some temporary you know alleviation of of your suffering quote unquote if you will it's got to be in you all right so i'm going to come back my battery's going to die so i don't want to leave you hanging so i'd rather just close it out and maybe um next sabbath i'll do i'll probably do it before then actually uh, <laughs> because things are changing so quickly by the day but um i got some studying that i'm doing right now and i actually i need to get back to my my um my reading all right. I study a lot, so I can't have that really interrupted too much. But I wanted to give you guys something. All right. So um, I'll be in touch with you all soon. Just don't panic. All right. Yeah. Now the connection is going in and out all crazy. So don't panic because that's really what they're trying to get you to do so that they can institute uh, more things. And I want to say they too much. Right. I'm trying to give you some practicals. But um I'll be back. 
when I can be back. But you know what to do from now on. If you have questions, you can leave them in the comments. And when I do the next one, I'll start it with your questions from this one. All right? So, everyone, be well. And uh, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. All right? Peace.